Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That's another good place to be, isn't it? When you come to that place where you realize that in and of yourself, you do not possess that which you need in order to have the victory in that which you are up against. You are helpless. You are powerless. You are, if you will, unable. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. How often are we unable to handle what comes our way? It's when we're unable we cry out to the God who is able, as we'll hear from Pastor J.D. today. If we try in our own strength to face difficulties, we'll quickly fail. But it's when we realize we can't do it that God steps in and takes the situation because He's the only one who's able. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 3 with part 1 of his message, God is Able. The book of Ephesians is where we're at. We're going through this book chapter by chapter and verse by verse. I have to say that I'm really looking forward to our text today. Uh, One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, along with all the other favorite passages in all of the Bible, but particularly this one. (laughs) I know that I say that about everyone, but this one in particular. Beginning in verse 20, Ephesians chapter 3, we'll finish the chapter today. And uh, just two verses, verses 20 and 21, the Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to begin today's teaching a little differently than what we usually do. And I want to ask a twofold question that I then want to answer from today's text and uh, think through the questions as I ask them. The first, which is this, what set of circumstances or situation currently exists in your life that has become impossible for you to resolve? Now, here's the second part to that. Do you believe that God is able not only to work it out for your good, but that he's also able to do even more than all you could have ever imagined or even asked? Now, 
I know that those questions can seem somewhat rhetorical. However, the truth of the matter is, there is nothing that God is unable, and I'll add unwilling, to do in yours and my life. Here in these last two verses of chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is reminding the Ephesian church of this powerful truth, and he does so as he ends his prayer for them, which we looked at last week, and what a prayer it was for them because of his great love for them. What I find interesting is Paul's choice of words, which to me is an indication of how difficult it seems to have been for even the Apostle Paul to adequately express or articulate this powerful truth. And as I was preparing for the teaching today, I scanned through a number of different translations, and (laughs) it seems that even the translators from the original manuscript had difficulty as well. Some translations render it immeasurably more, infinitely more, or how about this one, my favorite, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could possibly ask or even imagine. In other words, not only is God able, and you'll forgive me for the title of today's sermon because I am keenly aware that it is cliché. God is able. Well, not only is God able, He is able to do exceedingly above and above and beyond anything that we could possibly in our minds, as finite and fallen as they are, even begin to imagine. And some of us have some pretty creative imaginations, don't we? Imagine this. Anything that we could possibly imagine, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond even that. Wow. Charles Spurgeon, to me, said it best this way. Paul has constructed here in the Greek an expression which is altogether his own. No language was powerful enough for the apostle. I mean for the Holy Spirit speaking through the apostle. For very often, Paul has to coin words and phrases to shadow forth his meaning, and here is one. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly, so abundantly that it exceeds measure and description. It's indescribable. It's incomprehensible. 
dare I say, it's even unimaginable. That's what he's able to do, and do so exceedingly abundantly. Adam Clark put it this way, Therefore, God is able to do all things, and able to do, and I love this word, superabundantly, superabundantly above the greatest abundance, the greatest abundance. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, superabundantly above the greatest abundance. Okay. It is my hope and my prayer that all of us, myself included, maybe myself especially, are able, by the Holy Spirit, to connect the dots between this magnificent truth and its application to our lives. And the reason I say that that way is because the implications of this can be a game changer. Perhaps better said, it can be a life changer. And if you'll kindly permit me to, I want to spend the remainder of our time together by applying this powerful truth to our Christian lives. In order to do that, I think it would be helpful to first take note of two details, the first of which is in verse 20. Notice where Paul says that it's according to his power. And the second detail is in verse 21, and it's where Paul in effect says, to God be all the glory. So it's in his power and for his glory. This is key to our understanding. It's going to be germane to our understanding because they both speak to the how and the why of God is able. Specifically, how God is able. God is all-powerful, right? Omnipotent, right? He is all-powerful. And He is so powerful, and even the Apostle Paul reminds them earlier, as he did with the Galatians, that God's power and Interesting word in the original language, dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. That's the power, the power of God who is all-powerful. That same power that He used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is available for us from Him. That's powerful. That's all-powerful. But, That's the how, because God is all-powerful. And the why, along with that, is because it's for His glory. To God be the glory. Again, I know these sound on their face to be cliche and canned, 
God is able. To God be the glory. And I'm afraid sometimes in that we we miss the power of that. What we're saying is that God is able because God is all-powerful. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. This is the God who flung the stars in the universe, and not only flung them, He named them all. (laughs) You know, scientists uh, tell us today that they are too numerous to even account for. And He knows them by name. (laughs) That's this same, the same God who loves us so much that there is nothing that He won't do for us if it's for our good and for His glory. And I want to talk about that more again as we get towards the end. Okay, bear with me. (laughs) We've established the why it's for God's glory and our good. And the how, it's because God is all-powerful. So let's now take it a step further and fill in the blanks with that situation in your life. Let's fill in the blank. God is able to, I'll give you just a moment, fill in the blank. What is it for you that you need God to do? He is able He is all-powerful. There's nothing that He will withhold from you if it brings Him glory. And it's for your good. Because every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from above. The Father of lights. And He's not wishy-washy. He doesn't change His mind. If it's good, you got it. If it brings Him glory, you got it. Well, what is it? Fill in the blank. Well, Maybe for you, it's God is able to restore and heal my broken marriage. Do you believe God is able to do that? Do you believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that you could ever have possibly asked or imagined? He is. He is. Maybe it's God is able to provide financially. Do you believe God is able to do that? Or maybe it's God is able to bring my prodigal son or daughter back. Do you believe God is able? Do you believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that you could possibly ever even begin to imagine, let alone ask. You're probably going to get tired of me saying that, but I'm going to say that a few more times before <laughs> before our Ephesians study is over here. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, God is not only able to do it for us, Sometimes he's willing and able to do it instead of us as well. 
And one of the best examples is in Second Chronicles chapter 20, where God does this for Israel and instead of Israel. I might encourage you to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20 in the Old Testament. I want to kind of set the scene and sort of give you the the backstory, as it were, as to what's going down. <laughs> Jehoshaphat at this time is king of Judah, and he is faced with an impossible situation, and he knows that it will lead to certain annihilation, and he cries out to God in the face of this impossible situation. Let's pick it up in verse 5, Second Chronicles 20, where we read, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court. By the way, that's a, that's a good place to be. And said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Please know that he's in no way being irreverent. There's nothing wrong with reminding God and to declare to God. In fact, I would even venture to say that I think God is blessed and pleased when we do. He says, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that, and I want you to pay particular attention to these three words, none is able, none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it, and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine. We will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Verse 10, and now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy? Behold, verse 11, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? And I want you to notice this as well. For we are powerless. Stop right there. That's another good place to be, isn't it? 
when you come to that place where you realize that in and of yourself, you do not possess that which you need in order to have the victory in that which you are up against. You are helpless. You are powerless. You are, if you will, unable. Oh, what'd you say? I am unable. You are? Well, guess what? I'm able. What are you saying? I think, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's when we're unable that we cry out to the God who is able. Am I right? Let me flip it around. Isn't it true that when we are able, we don't need to cry out to the God who is able? Because we got this. (laughs) That's what we think. You know, we talk about God is the God of the impossible. There's another one for you, right? Nothing too hard for the Lord. God can do the impossible. Here's the problem though. (laughs) Sometimes if it's still possible for us, it's hands off to Him. It's still possible. Okay, let me know. I'll be waiting when you come to the end of yourself and you realize that this is impossible in and of yourself. I'll take care of it. But unless and until you come to that place that Jehoshaphat and all of Israel find themselves in, where you acknowledge, I cannot, that you say to the God who can, you can. Listen to what he says. We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. (laughs) Wow! How many times have I, at the end of myself, said, God, I don't know what to do. And it's as if I can see God just in heaven almost like he's scratching his head going, (laughs) I know what to do. You don't know what to do? I don't know what to do. I know what to do. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then listen to what he says after he says, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. After we accept Jesus into our lives, we start a journey of faith with him. We don't always grow in our faith, though. Pastor J.D.'s messages in the book of Ephesians encourage us to continually seek to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with our Savior. We can't get comfortable and complacent in our walks. By spending time with other believers, diving into the Word, and spending time in communication with Jesus, we'll continue to grow closer to Him. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's teaching today. We'd like to tell you how you can access additional messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. Take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and even the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. looks into the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Join us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Ephesians next time on In Spirit and Truth. Right with you, with holding me true.